Hello and welcome to Beyond Boundaries. I'm your host, Justin Douglas. Welcome to 2021 Beyond Boundaries. Haven't been podcasting in a while. Had a lot going on during the end of the year of 2020. I'm so thankful that you all stuck around and are listening still. I have a great guest today that I am really looking forward to introducing you to. Reed Berkowitz is a game designer, and we talk about QAnon and its connection to game theory. It's an amazing interview. He is so knowledgeable and reveals some of what is happening in the Q world from his particular expertise. I encourage you to share this episode, rate the podcast, subscribe wherever you listen. My hope is that I can do a podcast or two a month in 2021 and interview amazing people along the way. Part of what makes that all possible is when you give to Patreon. It helps cover the fees that make this available on platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you're listening. So any amount is appreciated and means a ton to me. The Patreon link is in the description. I want to especially thank all those who gave to Patreon in 2020. You made the Beyond Boundaries podcast possible last year, and for that, I am incredibly thankful. Here is my interview with Reed Berkowitz. Well, I'm here with Reed Berkowitz. He is a game designer at the Curiouser Institute. Reed, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Hey, I wanted to talk to you because I saw this uh, Medium article that you did, a game designer's anal- uh, analysis of QAnon, and uh, I found the article pretty fascinating from uh, a number of perspectives and wanted to talk to you about it. Uh, on a previous episode, um, the 27th episode of Beyond Boundaries, we talked about conspiracy theories, and my friend Ryan and a doctor friend of mine, uh, Dr. Nathan McConkie, We all talked about some different conspiracy theories that we've over time believed or bought into. But then uh, Dr. Nate McConkie talked about how some of those conspiracies currently are actually working against the medical community amid COVID in so many ways. And some of the struggle that he's seeing even in patients that are coming to him with theories about um, doctors signing death certificates with COVID when it wasn't COVID things, all kinds of other things that he had heard as conspiracy theories and how that lack of truth was causing so much uh, difficulty in the medical community. And, and we talked about the psychology of conspiracy theories. So if you want to go back and check out that episode, if you're listening, that's episode 27. But today I want to talk about conspiracy theories and focus a little more on QAnon because it's it's kind of its own phenomenon. So, what when did you learn about QAnon, and what did you learn when you learned that? Like, I'm I'm curious. Um, actually, uh, my wife clued me into QAnon. She's uh, she's always on the uh, Twitter sphere, and um, it was pretty early on. It was it wasn't that long after it it started. I want to say it was um, 2017. Mm. Okay. And uh, just for those who are gamers uh, out there, you're a game designer. What kind of games have you designed uh, or what, what, what style of game or what maybe even if you want to name some games that you've worked on, just curious. Um, I've done a few different style of styles of gaming. Um, I've done, you know, educational games. I've done uh, what's called serious games, which are games, you know, they're supposed to teach you something. Some teach kids, you know, I work with Snoopy and Felix, the cat, and, you know, 
things like that. But um, my my real passion are games that um, merge fiction and reality. So uh, we call them experience fictions. Um, they would include live action role playing games, immersive theater, and alternate reality games. Can you give me an example of like a popular alternate reality game that people might know or be aware of? Um, I think the you know probably the one that kind of kickstarted everything off was the um, the game uh, for the AI movie, the Spielberg movie, mm. and it was called The Beast uh, internally and um, by the fans, mm -hmm. and that was probably one of the uh, the biggest games ever. And that team went on to produce a lot of really great alternate reality games. Okay, where does like World of Warcraft fall on like, uh, what would that be? Would that be like a, a considered a live action role playing game? I guess, or I don't, I don't know what that would be called. No, that would be a a massively multiplayer online role playing game. Okay, so okay. an MMORG, um, and the reason is because it takes place only in your computer, right? You have to okay. be on your screen to play it, and you are playing it with lots of other people, um, but these other types of games move off of the screen into real events uh, oh okay phone calls packages arrive at your door um, oh wow uh yeah you actually live the live the adventure there there's stories that the medium is reality and so you're not reading it you're not listening to it you're experiencing it that's why i call it experience fiction because you are actually running around solving puzzles and doing clues and having hopefully having a good time and, and behind all that, there's a game maker or multiple game makers who are kind of controlling that. Like, who's sending the package to my house? Is that? Yes. Well, that's part of the that's part of the mystery, especially in the alternate reality game uh, genre. Uh, they would be considered puppet masters. Okay. And so um, you you see something uh, unusual, um, something in a billboard, uh, a credit in a movie that doesn't make sense to you. And you're like, what does that mean? And you Google it. And suddenly, you, that's the rabbit hole. That's where you fall wow. down the rabbit hole. Um, for instance, in, in, in the, uh, the ARG Isle of Bees, they sent um, little things of honey to people with, with um, little jars of honey. And inside were clues. And if you pieced all the little clues together, it would say, I love bees. And then you would go to a website. And that was the, uh, the game for the Halo. Uh, launch. Oh, and wow. So you would go to the site and then the site, you'd be like, I love bees.com. There is a site and it looks like a normal beekeeping site or something like that. But then you realize it's been hacked and there's all this information. If you go into the source code, you start seeing things and then that leads you into the real world. So from there, you get these coordinates and you're like, oh, you realize they're coordinates and you don't know what they're for. So you go there and suddenly there's a time and a coordinate and you get there and there's a payphone and the payphone rings and there's somebody what? talking to you and it's a it's a <laughs> robot from the future. Okay. And you're having a conversation now and you're looking around like, is this real? You know, and it starts to blur the lines and you have events and so on and they can get quite elaborate. Wow. That's that's pretty amazing. It, it's almost like national treasure times a hundred, right? Like yeah. it's like this, like, like little clue here or like Da Vinci code, like there's this clue here. And if we can just solve it, if we have the right, like, is that kind of, it, it feels like it's, it's something like that, like a big puzzle to solve, like a mystery to solve. Exactly. It's a huge mystery. It's usually got a very good story attached to it, hopefully. And, um, it involves thousands and thousands of people. So 
um, you know, you, you, you may start alone, you may find the rabbit hole on your own, but then you, you know, you start Googling and you look around and you find there's a huge community of people all trying to solve these puzzles mm. and coordinate everything at the same time. And then the puppet masters release clues every so often on a schedule or randomly, whatever their game uh, is. And everybody gets together, tries to solve the puzzles, and then um, hopefully it leads to more story, unlocking more games, et cetera. That's awesome. I, I remember, um, so I was a youth pastor and one of my students uh, was on World of Warcraft. So wow, at the time, and this was big, this was like, yeah. I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. It was huge at the time. Um, and um, and he invited me on. I was like, nah, I'm all right. I'm all right. And then eventually I was like, okay, I'll try it out. You know what I mean? And um, and I just remember how immersive it was and how addicting it was. It yeah. got to the point to where one Saturday I rolled out of bed at like eight o'clock and I sat down and started playing. And you're just like constantly chasing like a new level or a new thing or trying to get armor or whatever or raiding with people to get points or think you know th i can't even remember now but it, or a certain sword or whatever and like i looked up and it was 4 p.m and i hadn't eaten and that's when i said that's when i said that's when i said i'm done with this i was like i'm totally done with this but it is interesting when i think about that moment in my life of like being able to sit down and play a game for eight hours without like consciously even like coming out of the game into reality yeah. Um, and caring for myself or, you know, my Saturday schedule of what I needed to accomplish that day, you know what I mean? Or, or any of the number of ways that I needed to care for myself or the people around me. Um, and I realized quickly, I was mature enough, I think, as like, you know, a 23 year old to realize like, okay, this isn't going to work. Like I'm not, and, and these were, these were kids that were like in levels. I don't know at that time, I think like 70 was the cap or something. And like, and I was like a, a five or something, just trying to, I was <laughs> yeah, like, I've got so long to go to get to level 70 and there's no way I'm going to have this amount of time. But I think part of what's interesting about the game theory, when you apply it to QAnon and we'll talk more specifically about QAnon in a moment, but like these, these like alternate reality games are, are probably pretty addictive, like immersive, right? Like people, this is the way people are identifying themselves, even as they're playing these games sometimes, right? Like maybe even sometimes in an unhealthy way. I mean, I think, it, you know, in all games, like uh, some of the reasons why World of Warcraft can be so, uh, you know, immersive and addictive or addicting is that, you know, you're reflecting your inner life. I mean, it, it, games and fiction point inwards, right? They're about mm. us on some level. So um, it feels like you're neglecting your life, but actually you're, you're taking care of a different part of your life. You know, you're, 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 it's about ego maintenance and development, right? You know, people say it's entertainment, but I think it's much more serious than that. And I think a lot of people get a lot of benefit out of it, but yes, it's very, it can be very immersive. Now, alternate reality games are meant to be literally as immersive as possible. They call right. your phone, they come to your house, they bring you to places. Um, and at the same time, they're games. So you know that they are not real. You know that a robot from the future is not calling you on a payphone. Mm. You know it's a game that's designed to entertain you, calling you on a payphone. <laughs> right? yeah. QAnon, however, 
works exactly the same way. It uses exactly the same tools. It has rabbit holes that bring you to an online community that has puzzles that you're solving. And then it brings you to real world events exactly in the same way as an alternate reality game. But it's telling you that it's not a game. Mm. <laughs> it's telling you that what, what is happening within it is real, right? So when you arrive at the Capitol, there's a weird mix because part of it feels like fiction because it is fiction. So a lot of the QAnon people were literally dressed up in QAnon outfits, mm. you know, it, almost as if it was a plot point, something they wanted to be a part of in the game, mm. right? But it's telling you that it's real. There is going to be a revolution. There is going to be, you know, uh, something that's going to happen here. So it, I don't consider QAnon to be a game, but it's using almost exactly the techniques of an alternate reality game mm. to do sad. that. Because when, when people were first developing alternate reality games, there had to be a kind of moral code that developed because you could get people to do things. <laughs> Yeah. Really, really weird things. I mean, in the game that I mentioned where you picked up the bay phones and talked to people, there were people in a hurricane waiting for the phone to ring and they had to say, you know, hey, don't do that. It's like, hang up, it's not that important. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but people are looking for adventure. Hurricane. You know, they want yeah. that risk. You know, people will go where the game says to go and they won't maybe think of the consequences or the safety to themselves or others because they get so caught up. Yeah. Maybe it's because they trust the game makers, right? Or maybe it's because they don't really care. Mm. <laughs> you know. Talk more so, about yeah. talk more about the ego when you said you think games are beyond just entertainment because I remember back I have like a video of me at eight years old jumping up and down when I got a Nintendo with Tecmo Super Bowl, which was like <laughs> the dream of eight-year-old Justin, um, you know, jumping up and down That's with great. that. Um, and at the time I saw it all as entertainment, but I could see it totally as ego because the amount of trash talking that went on during that game about <laughs> how great I was at Tecmo Super Bowl, um, it was certainly attached to my ego. So talk, talk a little more about the ego development slash the needs we have in that area. And yeah, and I don't mean ego in the, you know, in the sense of like, you know, always negative self-propaganda. <laughs> Sometimes it's, you know, it's thought of, I mean, you know, who you are as a person, right? You know, I have come from it from a very fiction centric point of view. That's what I do. I research fiction and games. So pardon my, you know, bias here, but I feel like the, the ego, what we, you know, what's talking to you and what's listening to me is, is in some ways a fictional construct, something that mm. we created um, and was created for us. So when your parents look at you and say, you know, who's a good boy, right? You know, you're a good boy, you know, or dog, whatever yeah. uh, it works. And, um, you know, and at that moment, you're like, I'm a boy and I'm good. Okay, what does that mean? And, and you look at yourself in a mirror at some point, Lacan's mirror stage, and you say, oh, that must be that good boy that mom's always talking about, you know? And then your mother's telling you what is good, what's, what's good, what's bad. And, you know, we're trying to inoculate our kids with humanity, whatever that means to them, and make them care about something that is symbolic instead of something that's physical. So that when you're two years old and you see some kid with a cookie, you don't just grab it <laughs> because yeah. you want it. That's your physical, biological urge is to, you know, dominate that kid and take the cookie <laughs> if you're bigger, <laughs> right? 
And we don't want that. We don't, you know, we have a, we have a very symbolic structure. You got to know things. You have to know, you know, what's green and what's red, or you could die crossing mm. the road. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? This world yeah. is symbolic, right? So we have to create an internal world for ourselves that is strong enough to override our actual biology. Even, mm. you know, we have to have love. We have to have honor. You know, we have to be willing to go to war. We have to be willing to pay taxes. We have to know the difference between curly quotes and straight quotes if you're programming, right? Yeah. This is all super important. It's life and death stuff in some ways. So games, right, are once we, once we, you know, get the stories from our parents and the people around us about what they think about us, uh, we begin to take that over and we can, we can read our own stories. And maybe we're not brave, right? Maybe we're afraid of the dark, but we read Batman. And Batman's not afraid of the dark, right? And we can we have this weird ability as humans to pretend we're Batman, right? So much so that we can change our own personalities, right? And suddenly you're looking at that dark room and the light switches on the other side and you're like, Batman lives in the darkness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not afraid of the darkness. He loves the darkness. Like I love the darkness. I can... I, I'm going over there, you know, and you switch the light on. Now you don't believe that you're a crime fighter living in in Gotham, but you somehow took something from that fiction and used mm. it to become a core part of your personality. And now you are not afraid of the dark. You mm. did it. You got over that boundary. And whenever you do get afraid of the dark, you remember, hey, you know, you don't have to be right. Mm. So, so you can you can develop your own ego when you're you know. When you're a kid, especially, I mean, I think that's why so much fiction and some games are based, you know, in, in childhood and adolescence, because you're forming yourself. You know, there's very few, uh, you know, really hot fiction titles, <laughs> you know, it says, but more and more there are, because I think more and more the world is becoming more symbolic. And so our inner worlds are always in conflict. We're getting constant, you know, advertising and propaganda yeah. on one side is telling us, no, no, you got to act like this and think like this. And then we have to kind of combat it with the stories that we like that tell us who we are. So yeah. anyway, I think it's important. I think it's complicated, but I think also you can see that you can go very quickly internally and, and find pleasure there simply and not apply it back out to the real world, just mm. feel it internally. Right. So if mm. you're playing world of Warcraft, for instance, two scenarios might be, um, you know, you you decide well i'm anonymous and i'm uh this isn't real so i'm going to try just being really outgoing right i'm going to be brave i'm going to hang out with guilds i'm going to you know i want to be strong i want to be brave i want to work for things that i want and not worry about failing because it's just a game right but you do that and it's a real accomplishment you you've played the game you know that it's hard right it's meant to be hard and that other people see you and can respect you and judge you and so it is a real accomplishment and you try it out and you're like well i could bring that into my real life you know what i mean i could go to school and i could be more you know i there's a girl i like there's you know boy I like i can i can uh, yeah i might just say hi you know why not it, it works in the game. People are friendly to me. You know, why, why wouldn't it work here? And, and it can change your personality for the better. You can try things out that maybe you aren't getting in the real life. Maybe you're not getting enough, uh, you know, chances to be brave or, you know, whatever. And you can go in this game and you can be brave and you can experience failure, but also 
the benefits of it and say, yes, I'm going to apply more of that to my real life. You know, I'm going to stand up to this person or I'm going to say no. Um, now, the bad side is, is that you can, you know, have a, negative experiences in your real life and then go into the game and find that there's a lot of positive reinforcement, but then not apply it and continue to keep getting it from the game. Mm. Right. And that drives you into the game. And the more you play the game, the more you you disregard the things that will actually help your real life, <laughs> you know, mm. your schedule goes to hell yeah. and, and you get more and more of your, of your, uh, you know, your, your sense of self from the game. And, and it, it can happen in any form of fiction. If you like romance novels, right. You know, yep. let's say, let's say I, I want to find love, but I'm, I'm, I'm reading a lot of romance novels and I'm sitting in bed eating potato chips and, you know, just letting myself go. <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged thing. If I said, Oh, I need love in my life. And this, and this makes me feel that love is possible and I can go out and be more, uh, you know, and and risk more to find the people that I'm, you know, that I want to be with. Great. If I says, Oh, I need love in my life and I can get it from these books, then I'm, I might be in trouble. No, that was a long answer. That's a really good answer. No, that's, the whole time, like when you first started talking about fiction, I was thinking my wife and I just recently watched Hunger Games again. Oh, um, yeah. And I was thinking about, wow, that's so true. This story, like you watch this character who sacrifices herself for her sister. So she has honor. She has courage. She has integrity. She's willing to fight for what she believes in. Like you just have all these themes that are ego themes in a certain sense. Like they're, they're, they're moral compasses, if you will, whatever you want to call them, that as you watch her, it makes you want to, to be that type of person, or at very least it like, it, it reveals that that type of a character is possible. And um, then you, if, if there was a game to reinforce that, does that make sense to actually play that person and to be yeah. that type of person? It could totally then in essence, it's almost like practice for the real world. Like you're getting yeah. that, that feeling of like, I can do this. I can be a courageous person. I can be yes. someone who sacrifices for others. I can be someone who stands up for what they believe in. And so like, there's, there's uh, like tons of positives and negatives to that. Right. Because whoever, like you said, the um, you didn't call them game makers. You called them um, uh, what would you call them? Uh, the people who, who kind of direct the games in or you. Oh, no, uh, no. Puppet masters. Puppet masters, yeah. <laughs> so so whoever those puppet masters are, though, they have a, a pretty big responsibility because they yes. can steer people certain directions. So with Q, whoever the puppet masters are, are clearly, or whether or not they're even our puppet masters becomes like, or wh- who, what exactly that looks like, how many puppet masters are they working together, all of that. But yeah. before we get into that, I, I've had a long time of just not even understanding what Q is. QAnon is like I, I and and here's what I mean. It, it at first it was just those are just some conspiracy theory people, and there's a lot of conspiracy theory people out there. But there's actually like QAnon drops where they drop stuff, and then it's like you have um, almost like and and I guess this to me this wouldn't be a one for one, but almost like Edward Snowden dropping stuff. But this is like not clearly like government documents but just like dropping almost like a poetic phrase that you have to then go in and and try to pick out the pieces of what it means and 
then one QAnon person picks out some pieces of what it means and posts it on their Twitter or wherever. And then a bunch of other people follow that and then they decipher it more. And it's like this code from, we'll just say in this particular case, like a poem or something that they've now determined must mean this. Um, if you had to like explain to someone what QAnon is, what, what would you, where would you start if someone was like, I have no idea what QAnon is what does this have to do with game? Well, I mean, maybe the next question would be, and then what it is, and then what it has to do with gaming. Um, okay, I would say that, you know, QAnon is the gamification of propaganda. So mm. QAnon is propaganda, it's pure propaganda and manipulation, uh, and it's using gaming techniques instead of media, traditional media techniques. So instead of just... Uh, covering your feed with fake news stories or bots that are that look like people but but aren't it's using um gaming techniques to draw you into uh a conspiracy theory or a constellation of conspiracy theories because there's many 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 conspiracy yeah. theories all inside the q universe right so it's using the tech and how does it apply to games it, it the techniques that it's specifically using are alternate reality gaming techniques, which is why it was so clear to me because I am one of the few people who produces those. Nobody, they're not, they're a niche gaming, uh, you know, circle. So when I saw it, I thought, Oh yeah, that's what that is. But I thought everybody else saw it too, because I underestimated how nerdy I am really. Um, <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, right. No, people don't play this and they certainly don't make them. You know, there must be like a couple hundred people in the world who, who make these games. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the techniques are are exactly that you they and, and the members are encouraged to become, you know, part of the part of the proselytizing process, which is probably unique to Q. Um, so, for instance, the the rabbit holes that are usually given by the puppet masters are actually now being spread by QAnon members themselves. So for instance, if you go to a save the children rally, thinking you're helping children, they will also have hashtag, you know, WW1, uh, I don't remember what it is, but you know, where we go, one, we all, we go all, or, or you know, follow the white rabbit or, or something like that. And you'll be like, oh, what does that mean? And boom, you've started your, your journey. They say, oh, you should really check it out. Go to this website. And then you go to the website. And so now you go, you've gone down the rabbit hole. You're, you're, you're just curious. You're just looking at these, uh, you know, these strange sayings. You're, you know, they seem to be connected to something you care about, which is saving children, which most people are concerned about. Yeah. And then you find someone on TikTok or you find someone on Instagram and they're talking about this person named Q who who has this intel, who is, you know, uh, uh, feeding us things and you start going to the groups and now you're in a whole group of people, thousands of people, and they're all um, waiting for clues. And as you mentioned before, Q drops these, um, he calls them drops. He drops these little packages of text uh, on these very, very uh, strange forums and you and and they're always in the form of questions uh questions that lead you to a particular conclusion so you 
they're puzzles and they're kind of like game prompts almost like writing prompts so you you know for instance some of the ones i covered in my article are the ones where he talks about um you know people wearing particular kinds of jewelry mm -hmm. yak heads owl necklaces things like that he says these are the signs of satanic you know things they have to wear them for their cults they have to announce to other people like a masonic's ring that they are so why don't you go out and look at people that you don't like or trust and see if you can find some examples of people wearing this right so now you have a prompt and you go out into the community and you're like oh my god there are a lot of people look at all the people you know throwing the hand horns or you know wearing owl jewelry it's like you know and now of course q knows that there are certain groups and people who who you know they have pictures of that they will post like the Rothschilds or something like that at a, at a, at a dress party but but it all gathered together it looks really weird and it gives you something to do and it gives you a community and you get lots of smiley faces and likes on your posts you know when you discover something new and you pass around and everybody is pleased with you if you arrive at the correct conclusions and it's interesting like you know it's interesting why are so many people dressed up like this it starts to seem overwhelming when you just look at you know and 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 q's like yeah that is interesting that everyone is dressed up like a cult you know what the reason for that is they're in a cult <laughs> yeah and that makes much more sense than the than the reality which is you know it's just a cultural thing it hasn't someone gave you an owl necklace right <laughs> yeah so you peel back the onion a little bit yourself, but then you're also seeing a bunch of other people peeling back that same onion, getting the same results or like confirming what you're seeing. Like there's yes. this, what I thought was interesting about reading your medium article, which by the way, it's in the uh, description. So the link is in the description, highly encourage you to read this all the way through. Uh, it's 20, it's, you know, 20 to 30 minute read, um, but well worth it. And um in there, you kind of talk about this idea that like, what's so kind of gripping about the psychology of this particular gaming method, but also how this works for propaganda is that you feel like you discovered it, even though yeah. you were led to it, even though there were other people that were confirming that bias that had their own biases, right? Like, but you feel like this has to be true, because you be. found it out. And yeah. just just do the research and you'll come to the same conclusion. You just haven't done the research like right. is kind of the the sense that you get from these uh, QAnon conspira conspiracists. Right. I mean, is that a fair way of breaking it down? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, the, the sort of do the research aspect of it is code. Right. It doesn't really mean do the research if you wanted to help, you know, human trafficking you should uh, get a job at a nonprofit that helps human trafficking. You should yeah. go to college for forensics. You should, you know what I mean? Yeah. Join the, the, so, you know, become a social worker, right? That's, that's, those are people doing the research, right? They are helping. They're on the front lines doing something. What do the research means in a game, <laughs> you know, is, is have fun solve the code have the pu solve the puzzle yeah right you're not doing real research you are doing you know you're doing uh yeah you're playing a game right so yeah and 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 somewhere in your mind you know right you can tell the difference 
Uh, and yet, and yet, to be fair, it's super confusing because you have uh, a culture right now, a larger disinformation war that's going on, that's telling you um, that what you're reading in the in the verified mainstream media that is corroborated by literally everybody else in the world is not real. It's false, right? So you're being told you can't trust them. You have to do the research yourself. Now they know you're not trained to do the research yourself, but they also know that humans are vain. I have fallen into this trap myself. I feel like I can do something that I can't, you know, I'm not trained to do it. I don't have the talent. I don't have the background. I don't have the experience, but I still think my cooking is great (laughs) because I'm bad at it. Not because I'm good at it, but because I'm bad at it. I feel like this is amazing. I don't know what's so hard about this. Everything's hard about it. That's how bad I am. I don't even know that I'm bad. Right. So, so yeah, so they, so they go to do their own research, but this, but this thing of distrust is, is all, surrounding and you're like you know like you don't believe what the new york times you don't believe like the washington post I'm like no of course i don't and you're like well who's telling you this why would you not believe them and they're like the president and you're like oh yeah right the president is telling you and every other republican <laughs> that yeah. you know and trust that's in the party that you have supported for 20 years is all are all telling you that this isn't real and that is weird, right? So now you're in a really tough spot because you don't you can you can get confused because legitimate sources, legitimate sources are telling you the opposite. So um, yes, people have you know they have culpability, but at the same time, uh, QAnon is putting them in a very rough spot because they're offering them something meaningful to do something that's fun to do and something that has the allure of fiction, but the believability of reality. Mm. How do you get, how do you not choose that? And if you say, and people are like, no, but you got to understand it's not real. And then, you know, uh, you know, a Senator gets up and says, no, that's, that's, that's false narrative from the lamestream media. You're like, see, I'm right. And, and and President Trump gets on and be like, oh, yeah, QAnon, well, you know, that's a, I hear that's an amazing movement. And you're like, oh, yeah, it is actually, you know, OK, so it gives you permission to believe what you want to believe. Have any you can't QAnon... blame them too much because it's weird, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like you have to convince them of a conspiracy theory in order to get them to not believe in the conspiracy theories. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a it's it's a catch 22 once you're. Yeah, like, so have, have any conspiracy theories theorized by Q been critical of the president? <laughs> uh, I would say yes. Okay. Um, yeah, especially now. Um, I, I think that his, oh, his now, last yeah. speech was, you know, widely criticized by the Q community. Nobody knows where it's going to go. Yeah. But, um, but like prior to um, January 6th, it seems like no, he was the hero. You know, he's the he's, he's the, the protagonist. Hero. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's hard to like anyone who might struggle with saying this is propaganda. It's like it's pretty clear that this is propaganda toward a particular like when everything you need to do your research on re- requires you doing research on other people while giving your full allegiance to a particular person. 
that doesn't really seem like you're doing high quality research or unbiased <laughs> research like that, that i mean people everyone everyone fails everyone's broken everyone makes mistakes like no politician is above like you know a need to be or or leader in general in any sphere is, is above the need to be investigated looked into you know just not not necessarily in a legal way but in a in a sense of yeah. like if we're going if i'm going to people need mine, to be skeptical yeah we should be we should be skeptical to a certain extent especially of people who have authority platform responsibility you know like there there's there's a need to consider uh how they're using that how they're um how that's impacting other people uh and so i find it interesting that when you study q it's like for the most part they've been very um allegiant to trump as the the truth i i, I mean i guess as you know like it's just interesting that that's the 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 yeah, the whole the 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 whole I mean the whole point of this is to is to push people towards certain propaganda narratives. They always end up at the same tropes, right? They always end up at things that are uh radicalizing, that are distrusting of the mainstream, that are um pro alt right, uh mm -hmm. regardless of who that is, if it's if if Pence is pro, you know, then, it, then he's pro. If, and if he's against, then they're going to hang him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, this is, this is all about propaganda and it always leads to the same place. It's against Democrats, Jews, scientists. These are, this is a reboot of, you know, anti-Semitic tropes from, you know, the medieval times. Yeah. Right. This and is you, there's a there's crazy. A there's even a, a Georgia, like, uh, isn't there a, a woman from Georgia who, who got elected that, that used a lot of QAnon conspiracy to win her uh, seat? I forget her name. Um, I don't know. I was, I was hearing about, and she said some really anti-Semitic stuff and, and attached it to Q like, and she literally used the words Q, QAnon, like, and I was like, how do we have people that are in this space that like it's become more mainstream in the last few years as even like I use the word in quotes here credible like people that are representatives whether they're state representatives or even now federal representatives have bought into this Q yes. stuff like there are many people in the government who have been elected who are Q proponents yeah are absolutely associating themselves with Q. Now, how much they, you know, how much this is for political gain and how much they believe in it is yeah. completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter. If you are promoting it, then you're doing the same amount of damage, whether you personally believe in it or not. You know, that's yeah. that's something for you personally. Um, but I think that, you know, it, yeah, it got a lot of, it's 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 done more probably to bring anti-semitism into the mainstream than almost anything else mm. in recent history i mm. mean if you look at, and and i'll and another weird thing that a lot of people don't know about q is that where q drops their posts okay these message boards are crawling in the most vile anti-semitic misogynist homophobic you know, treasonous 
posts that you have ever seen. Yeah, like 4chan, right? Was the particular <laughs> like large, large proponent initially. 4chan, right? yeah. And 4chan is like the Garden of Eden compared to where it is now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people, you know, you boo 4chan, but 4chan does quite a decent job of policing itself on some level. And and by the way, I'm not I'm not giving 4chan a pass. I mean, they they are <laughs> yeah. a hotbed of anti-Semitism and and all kinds of horrible things. And at the same time, you compare it to to where they went to, and you know it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, you're you're talking about a group they 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 moved to to 8chan, which was a group that was so so. There, let me back up a little bit. Uh, the 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 general premise of the sort of um, QAnon myth is that there's a huge cabal of magical Satan worshiping pedophiles that are in you know are Democrats they're in Hollywood they're Jews etc. This is a blood libel kind of you know situation. Um, they're witches basically. <laughs> We're gonna and burn need, the witches. And they need like the, the and they have like children in caves. And they are yeah, farming. They're, they're farming children, farming their blood. organs, and drinking magical potions out of their blood. And this it's... is really serious, okay? And they 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 start to doubt that this isn't fiction. But they, you know, anyway, it go, it goes very very deep. But the but but so oh yeah, so there's a deep state. There's a you know there this is you know a corruption in our government, right? Now, now the FBI, okay, has listed. Uh, QAnon as a homegrown terrorist threat, right? So they're actually a threat. <laughs> and the posting boards that they are on have been delisted by Google for many, many years as having child pornography and, and uh, posts that are harmful to children. So they're literally on an organization that does what they are supposed to be fighting. It, they do it in real life and they're fighting it in an imaginary capacity. Mm. It's, it's, it's amazing really. Um, so, you know, and, and in some ways this makes it seem almost more credible to them because they can see it just a couple posting boards over. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. It's, it's awful. Um and and but, them being deplatformed from like Twitter and Facebook and these places kind of only drive them further to feel like, see, they're trying to cover it up. They're trying to to stop it. Right. Like, that's what I hear. At least I hear people who are like, see, that's part of the conspiracy. They're they're taking us off that platform. Yeah. Everything's it. part of the conspiracy, though. That's that's the thing, you know, like, well, you know, they come up with a conspiracy theory that look that sounds good. Like, well, why wouldn't the mainstream press cover that? Well, that's the conspiracy. Well, how come, you know, the nobody else talks about it? That's the conspiracy. Right. So it's everything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't I mean, the the point of, of, of deplatforming them is because you can't support people taking over the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with, by violent means you can't support anti-semitism you can't support uh you know insurrection yeah uh so they need to be deplatformed and you need to get you need to stop new you need to stop them from proselytizing to new people but um to the people themselves that are in it yes i'm sure they feel like it's you know it's a it's an attack based on how correct they are 
Okay, so so you said at one but point it clearly is not. Yeah, yeah. So you said at one point he calls them drops, and you've also said uh, they drop or thing, things like that. So is the belief within the Q universe that there is one individual that is either inside the government is a fighter for justice, maybe maybe Edward Snowden, but had never given his put his name on it does that make sense and let's say he made all these drops without ever putting his name on it and just called himself q or whatever what is there belief that there's one person that's dropping all this information in these different places these you know little kind of uh yeah q uh, is one q is one person um there's other people there's e uh q is a for those that don't know, is a, is a security clearance, a level of security clearance. Um, and when okay. and when the the LARP first started, there was like an FBI anon and a Q anon and you know something like that. And at that point, I think people probably understood that it was a game, um, even though it wasn't specifically mentioned. I mean, people on 4chan are pretty uh, knowledgeable actually about LARPing and. And you know when people are and larping, things. larping for people listening is live action role play, correct? Yes, right. Okay. All right. So someone's pretending to be a character. They didn't. I think most of the people, you know, when it started, didn't really think that this was an FBI agent leaking information to the internet. I think sure. most of them are just playing along with it as if it were a game. Like, what would what would happen? You know, when you write back responses and see what they come up with and stuff like that. But it was it was very popular. But uh, like, for instance, FBI non, as I, as I was told, was a straight up kind of fascist anti-Semitism, you know, utopia, right? Mm. So, but but it was popular. Q took it and kind of actually made it less anti-Semitic than maybe FBI non or CIA non, some of the other ones. Um, so he, I, he or she mainstreamed it a little bit um, from that. Um, so, so yeah, so they believe that this is a, a person, but, but I think after it got a little more popular as new people came in, they played it totally straight as if it were real. So I think that maybe the first people were probably pretty convinced that it was some type of role-playing game, um, but they absolutely tried to enforce the idea that it was real when new people came in as they brought it to reddit and to youtube and things like that okay um so it was it is interesting um you know and in the QAnon universe yes q is a a person with q level clearance who is dropping um hints and clues about things that they know in the government or in this secret world um much like any other fictional mystery now as we you know you mentioned snowden a few times snowden dropped everything all at once <laughs> as and quickly as possible and gave it to journalists and put his name on it like i mean that that's yeah a little bit same different. with chelsea manning same yeah. with any of the other uh real whistleblowers they have this information it's super important to get all of it out as much as possible all the answers all the data and to do it like that do it fast, right? You don't want to just be like, hey, come look for me. I'm somebody in the government who's giving away secrets. Um, yeah. You know, maybe you should look at this. Maybe you should look at that. No, if you've got real information, you dump it. You mm. get it to somebody who can distribute it and you do it as fast as possible and you get ready for the blowback, right? Q does yeah. not do this. He operates like 
you know, like like a fictional character, you know, who says, huh, you know, why don't you follow the money? Or, you know, have you looked at James? He's acting suspicious. You know, yeah. who's his boss? Who does he work for? Does he really work for his boss or does he have another boss? You know, and then you start researching, right? That's what a that's what a movie does. Just think how many good movies would be ruined. <laughs> yeah. So there is an actual person who started this movement who had a Twitter account or something or a 4chan account or read whatever and yeah. um was throwing out these like game ideas almost like this like you know theories and things or pretending to drop information and just seeing and then it it kind of took on a life of its own have we ever found out who that person is i mean i would think like with our intelligence in america there would be a way of us knowing who started all this and i, I mean are we also maybe I mean, I don't know if people, I'm not well enough informed to know if people have theorized who that might be. You had even said there's only like 200 people who know the yeah. depths of this particular type of style of gaming. Could it also be a foreign adversary trying to cause problems to our government? I mean, it, there's probably a lot of theories about what it could be. So first of all, obviously it's not, it's not my expertise. Yes, okay. Yes, How, yeah. However, um, like for instance, my my information about like sort of FBI and on stuff like that, I did not see those posts. I was not yeah aware of it at that point. But my information comes from other game designers who were. So there are game designers out there who think they have a pretty good idea of who is running Q, or at least oh. who is involved with it. Um, they know this from hosting records and um, you know forensic information on a technical level uh, who, you know, because the sites keep getting shut down. So new sites have to be created and you can oftentimes see who is creating those sites and who's involved in it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and, and surprisingly enough, some of these people have been involved in other games and conspiracies and hijacking other uh, games. So it, it, it makes sense, but as you go into it, it's very complicated and it almost feels like a cube mystery, right? you know like mm. oh this person was in cicada and then they took followers away through this method and then brought them to this game uh you know and then they set up servers here and they moved they hijacked you know this and moved mm. it to there so it's it's very complicated but i i, I think they pretty much know <laughs> i mean so, they feel so confident. You think those researchers feel confident that they know who it is so you probably uh, think me, the government not, knows you probably think the government has a good idea who's behind q then like i mean if if i yes. would assume if programmers know the government probably knows right yes i think that they do um now i i would i mean but it's a guess that's totally sure. supposition on my on my part um i i feel like though I, I I like their reasoning. I feel like it makes sense. The people that they've identified; these are people that are all hosters of the sites that Q uses. So it would make sense that you know they were involved. And there's other evidence that shows that they're uh, part of the Q posting group. Now the thing is, you know, who is behind them, right? Or sure. is anybody behind them? Because the thing for me, and as an outsider, and a novice i mean on this level i'm just like everybody else but you can see that q absolutely parrots the misinformation campaign of the russians in the united states however are they 
hijacking that by or co- in other words copying it to get mm-hmm. to, to get leverage on a much larger platform or are they an official do they get a notice saying okay now we're going to talk about the uh mm-hmm. you know we're going to talk about covid inoculations that's the big thing push that right so, so question, we don't know are they we being almost know. like are they almost like working as a private contractor that's just contracting out that work yeah. of like here's the propaganda <laughs> create a game that makes people play yeah we don't we don't know what we don't know if they're official or if they're if they're riding on the coattails but yeah. but uh it doesn't make any difference functionally like still they're still creating. doing the same yeah. thing yeah. it doesn't matter if someone tells them to do it or whether or not they see that conspiracy theory start and they immediately jump on it mm. right there's still um a force multiplier for every bit of chaos that comes down the the stream they're still yeah. going to do that and they're training people to think in that way they're training people to look for conspiracies and come up with new conspiracies and get rewarded when they come up with something you know that fe- that feels fun so i want to talk to you about your one of the points of your article you talk about i believe I, i'm pronouncing it right apophenia is that yeah. correct okay mm-hmm. um and apophenia is the tendency to perceive a connection or meaningful pattern between unrelated or random things and right. you share about a game you designed and how people were seeing things in the game that weren't really there and how uh, you kind of experienced that as someone you know creating the game correct like like uh so explain a little bit about that and how how q uses that kind of technique to um have that like pattern be like me uh, this meaningful pattern that it creates in right so pointing toward things um so when you're designing a game right you have a specific goal in mind you've got a story but people can you know but when you're trying to solve puzzles especially or when you have a lot of agency for the players they can do almost anything right it's in reality so they can run around they can you know they can just they can in Dungeons and Dragons or anything else. They can do whatever they want. You're trying to keep them on track, and they're kind of trying to keep on track too. Um, apophenia comes in where, uh, <clears throat> you know, something appears to be on that track. It appears to be leading them to a solution, um, but it's not. It's just some random data that they've interpreted um, <clears throat> incorrectly, and. That's very common. Apophenia is is how we, you know, pattern, how we do pattern recognition and how we arrive at the conclusion. Eventually, you have to be wrong a few times. You know, for instance, science relies on a lot of apophenia. You're trying to find patterns in, in, uh, you know, a, a very confusing world, right? So you yeah, we, say, we did hey, like a, we did like an escape room once, and like you sometimes you had to get the pr- problem wrong a couple times before you figured out the riddle yeah. and got out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'll, I'll go over the example that I used in the story, which was um, I was doing a, a game in it that led down into a, a dirt floor basement, very creepy. And I had a very easy clue there that was very easy to find. They just had to look around a little bit and they would see an obvious Scooby-Doo kind of clue. It was very silly. <laughs> um, and I didn't really expect any problems with this. It was just to get them down in the basement with a flashlight and have them give that you know, experience of like, whoa, you know, what's going to be down there and then laugh when they see the, you know, the, the clue, right? Um, however, 
on the on the uh, basement floor were little scraps of wood from just you know whatever had been done down there before, and unfortunately, uh, some of the scraps had formed a perfect arrow pointing at a wall, <laughs> or it looked like an arrow, and they saw the arrow, and they looked at the wall, and they're like, okay, that's where the clue is, and they, and if they had just gone a few feet more to the left or the right, they would have seen. You know the real clue, but they couldn't get past this. This looked like just like the kind of clue that they would have expected, something easy, something obvious. So they they went to the wall and they couldn't, of course, find a clue. But they found all these tools next to the wall, and they said, "Ah, the tools are telling us that the clue is inside the wall, <laughs> and it was made <laughs> out of rocks." So they thought we can pry out one of these rocks is going to be loose, and we're going to just pry it out, and that is going to be the clue. And wouldn't that be a cool clue? And I thought to myself, "Yeah, that would be a great clue. I wish <laughs> I had done that." But now I'm stuck in reality with a clue over there, and these people are literally about to tear down a wall. So they <laughs> they went from harmless, pleasant clue hunters to you know they're going to rip this house apart. And here's the thing, right? The clue made sense. It made total sense. I could, I'm looking at it going, oh my God, that is exactly what I would have thought, right? Had I come down there. So in, in the game, that was terrible. I had to, I had a fail safe and I had to activate it to get them, you know, back on track and still stay in game. I had an embedded player. Okay. To kind of. So, so I want to talk about that. Do you guys, for, for games, do you guys do like a testing where once you're finished with it, you test it on certain people to make sure that, because I would be like, I don't know how you would find those things out. How would you, how would you find those things out other than like people are playing it and you're like, oh, wow, that's right. I would have never thought that, but I've been, because I think of it in the way of like, if you've been so immersed in a creative project, you don't like, I record music and stuff. So like if I record a song and I've listened to this song a thousand times by the end, I don't hear that small little thing that maybe you hear or the thing that you, you know, and so I yeah. love sending it to friends and being like, what are you hearing that I can't hear anymore? Cause I've just listened to it too many times. And I think as a gamer, I almost feel like it's a creative project that it's like, you didn't even see the arrow on the floor because you're so focused on the things that you've been designing for, you know, all, all, yeah. all you're, you're focused on the thousand times or, or it wasn't there. That's the thing they could, I mean, it, the arrow wasn't there before, we started, it had been kicked into that position oh. by everybody walking around on it. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. I didn't even I mean, think if about we that. see an arrow on the floor, we would have been like, maybe that would be confusing, <laughs> you know, but, but, um, but no, you know, we were like hiding the clues and we were walking around and we kicked it into that shape. Got you. Okay. And so, and it was probably us. It probably wasn't the the crowd but it could have been the crowd too gotcha. we don't we don't really know how it appeared but we do know that things are going to go wrong we do know that people are going to get off track so in yeah. this case we had an embedded player to kind of you know subtly shift like oh i'm you know i'm going to go look over behind that rock over there <laughs> you know what i mean so like before you guys do like a full game though or like a full whatever it be called a chapter or, or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. do you do like a dry run for like, like we're going to run someone who hasn't seen this through it before we release it to general population. I'm just more uh, curious from the, this has nothing to do with, yeah, yeah. this is my <laughs> no. curiosity of like how this process goes. Cause this is, we're talking about a real life basement, right? We're not talking about yeah, 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 yeah. No. designed in a game. Yeah. Like this is a real basement with real tools in it. And right. as people had trafficked it, it created some type of arrow on the ground. 
Yeah. So I'm just, and, and are you watching okay. on cameras or how are you knowing that people okay. are at it, this it's point? It's different for every type of game, right? So if yeah. it's an escape room, definitely you'll run people through it a few times. Yeah. See what's too hard, what's too easy. And the puzzle maker will be there with them. Uh, so on. Um, if it's a large scale alternate reality game, you have to just go with it. You can't test it because you're going to be dealing with a hundred thousand people. Yeah. There's no way to test what they're going to do. In fact, when they made uh, uh, the beast, they were blown out of the water. I, I don't remember what the statistics were, but basically they thought they had enough puzzles to last for like a few months, I think. And they were all solved in a week. Wow. <laughs> or something like that don't give on um, the details sure. are i'm a little fuzzy but it was really quick i mean they burned through that material so fast that it was all just making up stuff after that and they had other they had other issues about people um you know like brute force hacking their sites uh which mm. cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh. like you know processing uh yeah people people can't test it right so for instance one of the one of the best ones i like is the uh the year zero one which was a trent reznor uh arg oh, for his, his album sales. nice yeah and so so i guess at the end and I was not there, by the way. So I'm I'm hearing this from from interviews and articles. But they had a um, they had a concert. Trent Reznor did a concert at the end for the people who solved all the puzzles and got to the actual physical space. And they drove them in a bus. And then at the end of the concert, to be dramatic, I guess they had some people storm in, like like you know uh, some kind of military, the bad guys, the good guys. I can't remember, but they came in and they ushered everybody. And everybody ran back to the bus. Right now. The designers were like, "Some someone's going to be a wiseacre and not go. They're going to think this is fiction, and I don't, these people aren't going to touch me, right? So I can I don't have to go back to the bus, <laughs> right? So what they did was they had some embedded players, um, who were there who were actors, and so and that sure enough that happened. Some people were just like, "Oh yeah, cool, cool. That's cool that they thought to have like you know." A, people come in and pretend to be guards or something like that. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Like, you know, should we go back to this? Nah, it's just fiction. And then the guards came up, you know, came to the actor and just slammed them in the face, knocked them to the ground, <laughs> you know, <laughs> attacked them. And suddenly everybody's like, oh my God. And they ran back to the bus. Now this was all planned, but, um, you know. That could have an adverse effect though. Cause if like someone in that, <laughs> Crowd yeah, wants could, to fight back against those. Like, fought they, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I wasn't involved in that one. Yeah, but, that's uh, interesting. But you know, people have all kind, and they, and they were like, if that hadn't worked, if they had, you know, figured out we had nothing, like we would have just had to say, could you please yeah. go back to the bus? So we're back we really to the puppet to, master being but, really, 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 like, not responsible necessarily, but there's a there's a responsibility to really consider. A variety of outcomes yes. as you're planning a particular chapter level whatever you want to call it like right yeah yeah i mean you know you would not expect people to try to answer payphones in a hurricane yeah you wouldn't in your wildest dreams and the thing about it is that because it's fiction it's like a like a play right so you don't want to break reality and say line can i have my line you know that's you know you go to a broadway play you don't expect the actors to come out of character 
but yeah. sometimes for safety, you know, you have to, but you try to figure it out in game. So in this, in this year zero one, they, they, they tried to figure out that problem that they anticipated by keeping it in character. Yeah. However, they wouldn't sacrifice someone's, you know. Yeah. No, that's, that's very, very interesting. Now the way that kind of apophenia of like finding Right. So back works to Q. in Q <laughs> is is it's it's pretty sinister though cuz it's like yeah. you can just drop anything. I mean, I could probably make a Q drop and someone will make sense out of it even if I don't have like I could just drop a random lyric to a random 90s song and they'll find some way of connecting it to something that's meaningful, right? Like you they could right. it's kind of that like I don't know if you know the like the the theory of like once you start driving like an orange car, you realize, whoa, there's a lot of orange cars on the road. Like this idea of yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. search for it, you're going to yeah. find it. Right. Like, so talk a That's little literally bit about that. true. So, so what Q does is the opposite of what a real game does. A real game has puzzles in my puzzle. I wanted people to find the, the clue. Um, now Q would work just the opposite way. Right. So you got people in a basement and they're looking for a clue and Q would say, Hey, Look at those scraps of wood on the floor. Don't they look like an arrow? Like, oh yeah, they do look like an arrow. It'd be like, and why would someone create an arrow pointing to a wall? There must be something there, right? And people say, yeah, there must be. Why would you do that otherwise? And then look at these tools, right? So they, so pretty soon Q would have them tearing down the wall, right? That's what Q's all about. Yeah. Q doesn't have a because Q doesn't have a puzzle. Q doesn't have any solutions to reach. So it only is going to the feeling of like apophenia. It's going for whatever story feels the best. Mm. You know, in the game, like I said, if I could have hidden something behind that wall, I'd probably let him pry out a rock or two. It's just, yeah. you know, to do that. Um, but there wasn't anything there. Yeah. Q doesn't care that there's not anything there. You know, they're wrong over and over and over again, right? It, that's yeah. that's not the point. And and guess what? There'll be something there. There maybe another rock or something like that. It'd be like, oh, you know, did you notice that when we pulled that rock out, you know, that um it had these markings on it, you know, it was it was scratched in this specific way, or this dirt is is you know, is is the kind of dirt used to fill in whatever. You know, I mean, I don't know, you know, From it would a- just be an endless chain of apophenia. Yeah, from a puppet master perspective, do you think there's Q drops that have kind of taken a left turn that the puppet master wasn't expecting, and then the puppet master just ran with it? Absolutely. You think that's, <laughs> I, think, I was going to say, do you think that's probably a pretty regular? Like, I'm just going to throw them something, and whatever comes of it, whatever the, yeah. the chat board starts saying. I, I mean, can I think they're pretty. The, I think the drops are fairly directed. They okay. they might be something like, "Hey, you know, look at Epstein." Mm. who who else who ran the jet company or whose island was next to epstein's island you know could they and and they already know that information right why would Mm -hmm. they not know that information so maybe it's somebody that they wanted to include in their you know larp right Mm -hmm. or or they wanted to point the finger at that 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 you know you know who like like a lot of the big thing is like you know whose son was this or that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like um, so, oh my God, why is this military intelligence guy's son a rock star in Hollywood, you know, or, you know, throwing the hand horns at, at a concert, you know, it, it's all, they, they, they know the rough things of what they're pointing to, but at the same time, I think they heartily encourage people to, uh, you know, come up with their own, you know, with their own solutions. Like for instance, 
the, you know, a lot of people talk about the sort of JFK Jr. being alive or, you know, whatever that mm. uh, conspiracy theory was. But Q didn't actually come up with that. That was the community that came up with that. I haven't heard that. Tell me about that. So, so I, I don't really know that. I don't really know that much about it, honestly, but there were several, um, there was, there was several uh, conspiracies that Kennedy was alive, huh? that he was going to be supporting Trump and, or, or running, even running as his vice president or something like that, you oh, know, wow. but, but there's all kinds of conspiracy theories out there. There's a conspiracy, you know, I, I, uh, you know, there was, there's conspiracy theories that were involved in a war with China like a land war in the United States with China, that there are actually were actually troops in China. Oh, wow. Here in the US, there are conspiracy theories that, you know, Beyonce is part of the Illuminati and there's she's yeah. the queen of the Illuminati. And Jay-Z's the king. You yeah, know? that's right. Yeah. The king. <laughs> and oh you're like, gosh. yeah, well, guess what? Jay-Z is interested in the Illuminati, right? So yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, it, it feeds on what people are already doing right it's pointing to things where you have to be like yeah well that is that is weird i mean you know yeah epstein existed he was real and he is a he, he's a he's a rapist in hollywood right you know what yeah. i mean so you're like well if one if there could be one why not other ones right so yeah so it kind of it's a game marketing propaganda and controversy and and at the same time it then crosses over into reality and that's what we saw like i've watched the videos of the capitol many of them actually one that just dropped a couple of days ago of the new yorker that was really disturbing on some of the levels of it but i'm a pastor and uh man the amount of like religious even uh stuff in i don't know how much q is responsible for that but just some of the people who have fallen prey to this propaganda are also people who would consider themselves uh, churchgoers followers of jesus maybe like religious people and it's like wow the lack of discernment in this to be able to violently storm a capital and feel like there's there's a certain part of me that has a lot of empathy and compassion for these people but then because like they're kind of maybe i don't know being fooled and also there, there's something you point out in your article too of like community like people are finding community here they're they're they'll post something after a drop that um maybe is a puzzle they solved within the drop and then that will get all kinds of affirmation from the community and now it's yeah. like i i have this dopamine rush of like i have friends like this piece of me that needs validation maybe or needs connection and then you throw a global pandemic on that where people aren't connecting in normal ways they're connecting more so in virtual ways and i don't know it's just it's interesting to see how much propaganda was there during the storming of the Capitol, and like this tension i have as someone who wants to believe in the best in humanity of like grace for these people who are kind of under a spell of sorts that maybe don't know almost like i mean almost like a mental health issue is happening in this space like i want to have yes. empathy and understanding for it but then also a sense of like come on you gotta know better like there's like there's like this there's like this double-edged sword in my mind of like seeing these people how do you process that as 
someone who's responsible for placing people in those alternate realities. Um, like what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you kind of feel, oh, I feel the thing? same way. I mean, okay. I, I feel really mixed about it. I mean, I have a lot of, you know, like I, I don't think people in QAnon are stupid. I don't think that they're um, evil. Um, and yet at the same time, they have culpability for their actions, just like everybody else in the world. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you are doing, if like, I get that you can be confused and I get that you can be, um, you know, manipulated. Okay. But, but at the same time, if your story is hurting other people, literally, you know, if you're posting anti-Semitic rants, if you are, um, you know, storming the Capitol in insurrection, let's yeah. say, you know, uh, you're still responsible, right? It's unfortunate that you were, that you were brought that way. It's like, uh, you know, putting stumbling blocks in front of the blind, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, you were vulnerable and someone took advantage of you. And at the same time, you're still doing it. You're still doing it. So mm -hmm. I'm really mixed. Um, I feel like, you know, the people who are setting this up are, are, are terrible people. Honestly, I, I mean, yeah. you know, they're 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 literally driving a nation insane. Mm. And I think that's their goal. So mm. I have no compassion for them. Mm. And I think that the people that are involved, um, especially the ones that are committing acts of violence and, and so on, they're putting their own feelings ahead of the safety of their fellow citizens. Mm. Right. They are hurting other people to make themselves feel good. And I think that's the same with any kind of, um, you know, bigotry or anti-Semitism or homophobia. You know, when you when you when it makes you feel good about yourselves to think, oh, I'm superior to these people or or oh, my problems are not my problems. They're problems because of somebody else. And I just kind of get rid of them. You know, mm. when you do that sort of thing. Yes, you found a way to make yourself feel good at the expense of somebody else. Hmm. Okay, and that's where your culpability comes in. You know, I'm sorry, you know, it it pleasure isn't, you know, isn't an excuse, right? Hmm. And yet, at the same time, it's so hard not to. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, there's an addictive quality, so it's like, yeah, you shouldn't be smoking, you know. And it is your choice and you are responsible for it. But at the same time, come on, let's not advertise to these kids yeah. and get them hooked. Right. Yeah. There's culpability, but there's also, you know, there's they're also being preyed upon at the same time. I feel really, really conflicted about about it. So as a puppet master who's created these types of like games where people get immersed in them. How do you think we should respond as people who have relationships with somebody who might be part of QAnon who, or who might follow that kind of thing? Like what's a way that almost using some of the same techniques, we might be able to pull them out of it, or at least with the knowledge of the techniques that they're being kind of cast into the spell almost of controversy and propaganda, like, What's your best advice for the mom who's worried about her son or the nephew who's worried about his uncle or, you know, the, you know, family yeah. member or friend that, that, that they're like, I just see this person getting so immersed in this world of QAnon and shadow government and all of this. And it's all they want to talk about. 
and ultimately that relationship's just starting to drift, how, how can we have healthy conversations that might actually have a meaningful chance of pulling them out of that alternate reality? I mean, that's a great, great question. And it's the question, right? I think that one, it's super hard as, as long as we're in this uh, media, uh, you know, disinformation war. Mm -hmm. So I think it's hard when they're getting so much messaging from outside that they're right. You know, mm -hmm. you're always going to be competing against, against that. But that being said, um, for instance, my son came to me one day and he had seen, you know, he was very upset about some viral video that he saw on TikTok. That was one of these QAnon-ish, mm. you know, conspiracy theories. And we had to, you know, sit down and talk about it. So one, you got to be, you got to, they're coming for you. <laughs> you got to know that they're, that they're out there and that they're going to be looking. So there's a kids. proactive, there's a proactive pro of yeah, parents. I, you should be paying attention to this stuff. Absolutely. I think that's, you know, that's the first line of defense as it is for any illness or anything is education um awareness that that people that you like and that you know are going to be talking about this stuff in a way that makes it seem very benign mm -hmm. um i think understanding the techniques will help you avoid this um it will also help you to understand some things about people who are in QAnon, which is one they don't believe everything it's not like you, you know, just because you self-identify as Q, you believe everything that Q says or mm. that you believe all the conspiracy theories that are out there. You are picking and choosing. You're like, well, definitely this one. But, yeah, you know, maybe this, maybe that or whatever. And that's why people are like, oh, but Q is wrong again. Well, they probably didn't believe that one in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're stupid in the sense of like oh i thought they said it was going to happen it didn't happen and now i'm you know whatever they probably didn't really care about that one that much <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying so there is doubt inside the q thing if you if you attack them if you have an argument you just start playing a role and fighting back you know like you're you know you find yourself defending something that maybe you don't even care about that much in the first place yeah right so don't engage head on in a combative way and try to prove that they're wrong because you can't dispel a doubt anyway. There's no mm. way to prove that somebody isn't in a cult, right? Yeah. How can you do that? You can't because they're keeping it a secret. So why would you ever know? Right. So instead of hitting it head on like that, you know, you can't, you have to just understand that probably they're not hundred percent convinced of it either, you know, mm. Isn't so it's kind of like Occam's razor in the sense of like, whatever is like the most explainable. There's just certain things that are when, when I think of like, of, um, of, uh, conspiracy theories in general, it's like, like, I'm not going to lie. There was a time where I, I watched loose change. I don't know if you remember that, uh, particular, uh, documentary where it was about the nine 11 conspiracy of building seven and some other things. And like, and there was a part of me that was like, wow, that's actually some interesting information there. But then over time, it was like, but like, I have to come back to like, that would be so hard to keep all of that under wraps. Like, like, I just come back to like, probably the most reasonable explanation is the explanation that is, is the most likely. Like, do you think there's any reasoning like that with somebody? Like, I, I, I want to believe there is, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, cause then you get into the arguing of the, 
well, I don't believe that, but I believe this. And like this, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm at a yeah, loss for how to engage these people myself. And that's what I, I was I hoping. Think the, okay. So I think the first thing is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of, like we were talking about right in the beginning of the show, a yeah. lot of this uh, gaming and fiction in general is an internal process, right? Mm. So, yeah. and, and oftentimes it's there to um, fulfill a need that's not being met. Uh, or, or to create something that hasn't been created. So in other words, I think people are really, really isolated right now. I think mm -hmm. they need community. I think they need genuine experience. I think they need, um, you know, things to do that are, are meaningful to them and to the world around them. So, so the first thing to keep, to pull someone away from gaming in general uh, when you can't just say, all right, you've had enough gaming, turn it off. Right. Uh, is to, is to include them. <laughs> like significant I, I, human connection. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, keep gotcha. them in a community of people with a lot of truth, a lot of compassion, a lot of love. Um, you know, I, I'm telling you, there are very few people I think who would, uh, not want to just, you know, go to a party or go hang out and get a coffee instead of, you know, haunting cue boards all night, right? Yeah. You know, if you have, if you have, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's a, it's a game, which means that it's taking the place of something. Mm. It might be taking the place of something else. So, so the first thing I would say is, is make sure you, you understand it and can be proactive about it. The second thing I would say is if you do know people, keep them involved, don't let them slip away, keep them and keep them emotionally and even physically close if you can. <laughs> wow. I mean, people need connection. I yeah. think isolation is a huge problem in the United States right now. And I think that's how some of this is spreading because you can project anything you want onto somebody you don't know or to a group that you don't know. And Q mm. picks these people that are hard for most people to access, like billionaires and high ranking Democrats. Um, so, yeah. So that's the second thing. Mm. Uh, in terms of how to deprogram someone that's already really deep in, that that I don't know. Uh, there are um, you know experts in deprogramming, and a lot of times mm. what they will say is to talk about other uh, other systems of cult indoctrinations that are not related to the one that they're in, so they don't get defensive. Mm. So um, you can talk about other. Now I don't know any other programs, <laughs> sure. you know, but you can talk about you know, maybe alternate reality games, right? You know, I don't sure. know, you know, um, maybe they could even play some fictional ones and see the similarities. <laughs> I, don't, mm. I don't know. Is that, is that a terrible idea or is that a good idea? I mean, will they get hooked into to those? But certainly they will immediately start to be like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this looks really familiar. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe. So I, I think, QAnon is on the fast track to, I mean, I know they're already on, like, I think the FBI listed them even before 2020 as like um, a, uh, a significant domestic threat. A domestic yeah. threat. Yeah. Domestic yeah. threat. And like a, a significant interest of the FBI to, to monitor and, 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 and watch. Uh, so the, and I'm sure after the sixth, they're going to be considered a domestic terrorist organization of some sort. I don't know if they can call them an organization. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's only ramping up to be um, associated with that being 
a domestic threat. Where do you see this going? I mean, I think no one probably saw, I mean, it grew in 2020, I think because of two factors, one, a global pandemic forcing people out of connection with one another and into homes where they had nothing better to do than scroll chat boards. Does that make sense? Like if they were already doing that in the 30 minutes a day they had to themselves where they didn't have other things to do. Now they might be doing it five hours a day or more. Right. Um, So that was a factor. I think the other factor is we had an election, obviously that's going to ramp up interest in some of this propaganda. Um, Where do you see this going now? Um, Like if you were to think a year ahead in this, we'll just say quote game, where's, I mean, I, and and not that I'm holding you to that because I don't think you're, <laughs> you have any you have any you have any way of knowing. But I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, when when you're when you're creating a game, there's an end game. There's a, there's an end to the game. There's a final chapter. There's a there's a there's a desired goal or end. Right. Um, it doesn't really seem like Q has, or at least that we're aware of has. I mean, how? Yeah, we're just. I'm just curious what you see. How you see this ending? Okay. Well, I I think or, that. Q is confusing because Q is confused. Like, I don't mm. think the game is that well organized, like yeah. as a game designer, right? I, I think there's a lot of improv going on, a lot of like, let's try this. You know, it pivots, it goes back and forth, it tries things. Um, I think it's also being, I think even the Q game is being influenced by other forces. Anyone mm. can go in there and start, you know, spreading a rumor, right? So I don't even know who the main influencers are right now i think mm. it's a, it's just become like a you know like a you know a town hall for conspiracy theories at this point you know yeah. i don't even know if the people running it are running it all the way mm. you know so who knows what's going to happen i think it's really it's really just being run by the seat of its pants mm. in some way um does that give you encouragement to think it might be coming to an end because of the no. disorganization? No, because I don't I don't think that it coming to an end is the, really the end. For instance, Q came about from other things. So for instance, uh, you know, Alex Jones's InfoWars, right? Mm. Was talking about magical pedophilic goblins long before Q was and mm. Q picked up on that, right? And and started going with it and Alex Jones gave him a nod. And you know what I mean? Alex Jones was the guy that was talking to the president before. And then he kind of flamed out and Q kind of took over. Um, And if Q flames out, there'll be something else. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's, it's it's just interesting because like, I I think of it that way too, that like the baton's going to get handed off to some other you know, thing, whatever that is like, and I'm not, not, not to make it too political, even though it is, but like, there was the tea party, which was like, you know, yeah. you're more, you're more kind of like right wing, like really right wing Republicans. Right. And like, you just, you've always kind of had these iterations and the baton handed off. But like, when I think of myself in high school and even in college, I'm like, I don't ever remember there being this like propaganda wing. And maybe I was just ignorant and wasn't aware of it, but like to the extent that is Alex Jones oh, and this yeah. particular organ, like now. No, this Q, is new. This is, this new. is new. Like this yeah. is a new level. The baton's been handed off and they've ran the ball pretty far down the field. Like, like, like it's, it's a whole different stadium that we're in now. Like, yeah, I, I think it's insane. I mean, you know, we, I, I think that 
you know, talk about Occam's razor, right? You know, I think yeah. when people are looking around and being like, what the hell is going on? Right. They're thinking this, you know, the writers of 2020 just went off the rails. This is nuts. It's like, yeah. yes, that is literally what happened. This is being scripted. This is designed to drive us crazy. There's no mm -hmm. point in being like, how could Trump do this? Or how can so-and-so do this? Or why are people acting like this? They're not. They're mm -hmm. not. It's all fiction. I feel like we're living in a scripted reality show, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yes, okay, yeah. it's the real world, but it's also semi-scripted as well. It's like we the literally have show. we're in the Truman show. <laughs> did you watch that? Did you watch that movie? I did watch the Truman yeah. show, yes. Yeah. You know, yes, and that was scripted for everybody to, you know, to have a really good experience. Yeah. This is scripted to Opposite. drive us yeah. crazy. Yeah. We literally have a reality show guy like as the president you know what i mean like and so i i don't know and again this could be apophenia too i could just be uh you know blue skying myself crazy right now you know thinking thing that's happening but come on it just yeah. it, this wasn't going on we have a lot of records from our own government from the fbi from the cia from security commission saying yes the russians were involved they infiltrated groups on both sides. It's not the left. It's not the right. Um, all, a lot of the stories that you saw that seemed crazy were fictional, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a fact. That's not a conspiracy theory. You can go in the records and you can look at it and you can see the sites and you can download. Remember, oh, I remember that meme, right? That was published by this arm of the Russian government, right? Mm -hmm. So, So I think that this this crazy world that we're living in is not so real anymore. And I think that, you know, the internet was a very naive place as much as people liked to pretend that the internet was, you know, a deep, dark cesspool. Actually, it was pretty naive and it didn't have any protections from this scale of propaganda that would be dumped into it. You know, mm. you, you, you just didn't. I mean, at first they didn't even know what was happening, but by 2016, we all knew we, we had the reports even before the election. We knew that the Russians were, were meddling as, as well as many other countries. China was also uh, meddling. And so we knew, but, but what we're, you know, we're leaving it to the hands of Facebook and, and Twitter. I mean, yeah, this this is not the group that should be responsible for this. I mean, even if they could do it, I mean, they're, they're deleting, 10,000, you know, accounts a day, you know, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Um, even if they could do it, they shouldn't be the ones responsible for doing it. I don't know what our response here is, but um, yeah, I think that, I think that because we're so isolated and because social media has become so popular and because it's so unguarded, uh, one way I, I, I kind of look at fiction is like, it's a reflection. Like you're, you're looking out, but you're really looking in, okay? When you go to see a movie, you're not really caring about the actors and stuff. You're, you're caring about how you feel, right? Um, but, but if you could control the reflection, right, then you can make the world feel like whatever you want it to. And I feel like that's what's happening right now. I feel like mm -hmm. we're living in a fictional world online, and it's distorting our perception of reality. I'll give you a small example, but... Um, 
you know, uh, my wife was in uh, the Democratic Party and she was getting very upset by all these kind of, you know, Bernie bros and people, you know, acting in a certain way towards her. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go to this conference and it's going to be really awful because I'm going to have to do that. None of those people were there in real life. Right. Or, mm. you know, they weren't there. It was an illusion. Right. Everybody was civil. Everybody was polite. They all worked together. Um, and that's that's reality. Mm. It's not the Internet is not reality. <laughs> the map does not equal the territory. Yeah. So well, and, I, and, it, and it worked on me. It worked on me. Yeah. I was irate about certain people and, and, and things. And then I met them and I was like, oh wait a minute, what the heck happened? Yeah. And that's true in my experience too. People will say things behind a keyboard that they won't say to your face. Like people are far more civil when you're in their presence. Typically, typically, I'm not going to say that of everyone, but I'm saying <laughs> typically speaking, even, even people who have, you know, hot takes uh, on the internet, like you, you, you get into a room with a person and there's a shared humanity that's definitely missing right now. I mean, it, look, talking past people is something that's happened since humans have existed. So I'm not saying that, 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 that isn't a problem that the internet, you know, has, but, and, and demeaning people and all that, that's always existed. Um, but I do think there's something about being in a room with someone where the level of respect and concern for that person, um, you know, for most people is part of the equation before, you know, uh, you open your mouth. Whereas before I type on the keyboard, I don't, I don't see that person as human. I see that person as, I don't know, a profile picture, which is just different. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's different. Like everything and, you're saying is true. I mean, I, I, I agree anyway with everything. You're yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. true. But what, but what I'm also saying is that many of those people don't exist at all. They're just bots. <laughs> they're just they're just bots. They're just bots. They're not even real. I can populate your feed with a thousand people with a click of a button. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can literally be talking to yourself is what I'm saying. And, so and, those, and all it. those bots can be chatting with you and they can be pointing you to news stories that back up what they're saying. And this could be an absolute echo chamber that you can't escape. I think we've got a huge problem. <laughs> so I could look at someone else and what they're posting and see, oh my gosh, they've got 2000 likes on this and all kinds of comments. So it must be real, but it's just no. bots. It's yeah, just bots. It's bots talking. It's bots commenting. And, and a lot of those bots are controlled by humans sometimes. So you, yes, they can reply to you and you can have a conversation, but when you limit your conversations to, you know, a hundred characters, it doesn't take a lot, yeah. <laughs> you know, to throw a, you know, an animated GIF back at you and make you angry, you know, at, at, at that whole group. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do think it's, it's hard to give it. it I have like a, I have, the same double-edged sword kind of feeling toward like things like Twitter. It's like, cool. Jack Dorsey took Trump off Twitter so he can't continue to spread misinformation, but like you don't get really any, you know, praise from me from the standpoint of like, he's been violating your terms of, you know, service since day one. Like I, I, I would be kicked off in two seconds if I did half the things he did. Like, I, I mean, it's that double-edged sword though of like, but he's also the president of the United States. So like it, and, and that's where it's like, 
at what point do we say, is it Twitter's job to police this? At, 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 is it Facebook's job to police it? And then like, I was listening to, um, what's the new platform Par parlor or whatever, like, and I was listening to the CEO of that, that, uh, organization talk and, and look, I don't have any empathy for them, or I don't really have a, I don't have an opinion about them, but I mean, she makes a good point. How can we monitor all of this traffic? Like there's, there's so much, it's like, they have a responsibility to monitor it. I believe that. But then it's like, but how? Like, how does that actually work when you have millions of users, so many millions of posts per minute or whatever, whatever it might be? Like, and I'm not saying that that's how popular Parler is. I'm just saying there is a certain amount of me that's like, yeah, that is a, that would be hard to police that. Like, there's a factor in all of this that's like, is Q just going to be with us forever in new iterations on the internet? Because there's really no way of policing this. There's no way of stopping something like this because it's, I don't know. It's, it's genies out of the bottle. Maybe you might say, right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I'm not saying that's the case. I want to believe and hope that there's possibility, but do you see this kind of, you know, role-playing gaming mechanism ever being, uprooted now that it's kind of taken roots um well i think everything's always changing so yeah. i think there's a you know same with any type of security you you know someone breaches it and you're like oh that's it it's done like there's nothing we can do you know mm -hmm. to stop this and then someone's like oh or but we could do this i mean the whole system changes you know i don't i don't think we'll be posting on posting boards you know forever mm -hmm. either right yeah um i think that's on its way out you know um so then they're gonna have to what create instead of bots they're gonna have to create virtual reality avatars that can walk around and move and talk to you i don't know can they and they're gonna be like oh well that's too hard but then soon that will be easy but then soon we'll be doing something else you know it's a leapfrog yeah. game but i think I don't even see us trying to be perfectly honest. I mean, I think that's the biggest problem I have. Mm. I don't really see anybody taking this as seriously as I think we should. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, it's way out of my area, but I, but what would uh, someone taking it seriously look like? I'm just curious. Like, I what mean, do you think that would look like? I think that, you know, these, a lot of these companies are existing openly <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't think they should be <laughs> mm. i don't think there should be a stop the steal organization that's being run by marketing companies in the united states gathering together groups of insurgents to storm the capital i mean mm -hmm. am, am i wrong about that maybe i don't know but but i don't think that there should be you know millions of fake news articles around i mean i think there needs i think there needs to be I don't know. I, I, you know, I wish I did. I wish I was a, uh, you know, at, at this point, suddenly first time in my life, I wish I was a psyops expert, yeah. you know, I'm a game developer. Right. So I could see the tech. I'm like, okay, they're using these techniques. That's really, as far as my expertise goes, I have a lot of experience on the internet. I've been there before the World Wide mm -hmm. web. So I'm an old guy. So I've, <laughs> I've definitely, you know, been there before 4chan before, you know, uh, Twitter. And I've seen, similar problems like this happen for instance in usenet right there was a, a a bulletin board system called usenet where where everybody could post anything they wanted to and it was very 
fun and wonderful until one day somebody realized, hey, I can post to every single news group I want with my ad. And there was mm. no blocking or filtering. And suddenly they became like instantly unusable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, you know, in order to use them, people had to, you know, constantly be monitoring them and coming up with programs to do it. And it, it was the same kind of thing. But it basically, to my mind, kind of killed it for me. Um, now we're having the same problem with social media. They've gotten to the point where AI can simulate a human being. So you can make infinite amounts of them. Infinite. Mm. <laughs> this yeah. is the problem. So, yeah, I think I think that I think that. Oh God! You know, there's so many. There's so many. There's a lot of vectors possible to this. solutions. There's so yeah. many vectors to this. Like I think that obviously the tech companies ha were not policing it. I think at first maybe they didn't know about it, but I also think they completely underfunded their own staff in dealing with this problem. There's they didn't take it seriously, and they, they didn't take it seriously. A lot of money for care. it. Care, I guess too. Like they, I'm guessing that was just running traffic up and adds up for them like the the bots and such were creating more content more yeah i don't, I don't some, know how that works i mean I would there's some great whistleblowing about that that you can read about you know facebook's internal process and how they were trying to trying to stop it but like half-heartedly because it was driving traffic and it was hard to do and it was changing other countries politics but you know they didn't really mm -hmm. have to. So they, they kind of did it, you know? So one, I think they need to take it seriously because it's literally going to destroy their business model. It's going to mm -hmm. destroy the whole thing. People are leaving social media. They're going to have to, to stay sane. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they, they, they need to get on this right away. People don't want it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I think that, you know, national security, it's a national security issue. I think yeah. that, that, um, you know, we should not be, I mean, it's, these people are doing illegal things. They should be stopped. Mm -hmm. People who do illegal stuff on the internet should be stopped. I don't know why it's continuing, but you know, yeah, it is. No. So I think it needs to be, and I think that people need to be aware personally. And, and that's maybe the, the, I mean, I remember when I got taken before the 2016 election, I was like, Oh, wow. Wow, I was arguing with people that didn't exist for like a for like six months, and and after the election, a lot of them just disappeared. <laughs> wow, you know what I mean? Like, like and and the and all the articles came out like you know like a month before, and 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 I had seen you know I'm pretty far on the left, and I had seen a lot of my friends even further to the left get you know get totally. Uh, you know, move away from Hillary Clinton and move away from that. So there was a push on the left to move, you know, to get people upset with the centrists, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Democrats to get them not to vote. And it was very, very successful. So it wasn't just on the right. It's not a yeah. right or left thing. We're all susceptible to this propaganda, just like we're susceptible to advertising and everything else. And I think that our uh, you know, on the left, I can I can say I think our left bias of us being you know intelligent really works against us because sure. um, uh, it works. <laughs> it works on everybody. So, there's nothing. There's nothing like a Q on the left side, though, right? Like, I mean, I from what I can understand about Q, and I'm not saying liberals aren't part of Q. I guess I'm saying it seems like most of what Q's pushing is a pretty conservative propaganda. I mean, at least. 
from what I've seen. That's what yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. No, that's what no, I've seen I... together. There is no like Q alternative on the left, right? Or anything similar to that that you're aware of? No, there's no there's no game like structure, but sure. there is definitely a lot of propaganda. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> and and radicalizing propaganda and mm-hmm. pushes towards all kinds of the same issues you know uh, toward you know towards strife and violence and yeah. extremism and all that stuff um and and there was a lot of uh there was a lot of evidence that the russians were were using um both sides they they really yeah. wanted to just create strife i think that's important that we don't let that happen that we keep being civil and reaching across the aisle and talking to each other and that doesn't mean necessarily compromising on our um ideals but um but treating each other treating other people as people (laughs) and not as you know um just symbols for for what we're angry at right because you know not projecting our own things onto them so i don't know i'm way i'm talking way outside of my uh, area of expertise no you're not at all these are all great uh, things i i think i think importing humanity into life uh in a way of considering others and their perspectives um so often when i disagree with somebody about policy or or such and i actually sit down and have a conversation about why they believe what they believe there's usually some story element behind that getting back to story you know like there's usually some either story they've told themselves or thing that they've experienced in life that brings them to that conclusion and Uh, you begin to be able to understand why they might advocate for that particular thing, or you begin to inform them of a different story that has a different outcome. And from that, you're able to, you know, compromise or find some type of either middle ground or solution or, or even just a change in perspective for both parties. And I think that's, that's something that's uh, so necessary right now. And who knows, hopefully, um, soon that will uh, come about in our world. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I feel like just having a, com- a polite conversation with someone with different ideas is now an accomplishment. Something yeah. to seek out and to do just simply to do it as an accomplishment. For so. sure. So Reed, if anyone wants to find out more about you or get connected with you, uh, what are some ways that you would uh, encourage them to uh, get connected with you? Um, well, they can follow me on my Twitter account, um, which okay. is SOI, and um, they can reach out to me at curiouserinstitute.com. Okay. And um, we're, we're sort of redoing the site, but it's still up and functioning. <laughs> the emails and, work. So Yeah, and make sure to, yeah, to, to read the Medium article that's in the, uh, the link will be in the description of this podcast, and I'll also link your Twitter and your website in there as well for people who want to follow along. Reed, thank you so much for being on Beyond Boundaries and for thank sharing you. your wisdom. Uh, this is great. Um, I really was looking forward to this opportunity and it was a great conversation. And, um, you know, just for your listeners, uh, a lot of what I said is my own opinion that yeah. I could be wrong. And I think we all need to be open to that idea of being wrong and listening to other people. Um, and sharing our opinions in a civil way. So thank you so much for hosting this. Yeah, thanks, Reed.
Another episode down. I want to thank Reed for being open and sharing from his experience. You can learn more about Reed at the Curiouser Institute. The link is in the description if you want to find out more there or read the Medium article that we referenced, or you can follow him on Twitter. So please make sure to check those platforms out. Again, I'm incredibly thankful to Reed for giving us so much of his time today. It was also great to have you with me today on Beyond Boundaries, and I'm thankful for your time too. If you want to learn more about me or find the show notes for this episode, you can find out more at pastorjustindouglas.com. You can interact there with feedback, comments, and questions. And I'm always available on Instagram at pastorjustindouglas. Please consider subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing. It really does make a difference. And as I said earlier, uh, my hope is to release roughly two podcasts a month, and that requires a little bit of assistance on Patreon to make that possible. So if you're able to support, there is a link in the description for Patreon as well. May you go and live a life that is beyond boundaries, giving others love, exploring new ideas, and championing belonging. 